Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. The lady who covers all things Atlanta Falcons for AtlantaFalcons.com. That's where you can check out all of her work. Tori McElhaney joining us. Of course, she is on Twitter at Tori underscore McElhaney. And Tori, I guess I probably should have. Are you out in Seattle? Are you hanging out uh, there for this week as well? I sure am. Just got back from practice at the University of Washington not too long ago. So we're yeah, we're all the way in Seattle. I've had I've gone to like six different coffee shops and we've only been here for three days. So yeah. that should tell you something. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about. You know, I mean, you got to be. I mean, are you getting what about seven minutes of sleep a night because you got so much caffeine in you? I mean. Pretty much. I mean, that, that's the thing is like, I keep, I want to try all of the coffee shops, but like my body can't handle that. So I'm really having to pace myself. Nice. Nice. <laughs> well, let's, uh, speaking of body shops, let's talk about where this team is. You know, I just brought up Tori. I, I, I went through a bunch of stats. Um, you know, AJ Terrell's given up 10 receptions already after only giving up 29 for the entire last year, fourth highest completion percentage. Seventh most completions in the league, fifth most first down plays. The pass defense, if we shall say, has been a little bit underwhelming this year. And AJ Terrell and Casey Hayward, while they have gotten some INTs, but you look at their pro football focus grades, you look at the stats defensively. I know the narrative isn't written, but this pass defense feels like that this is one of those things that they've got to get corrected and get this thing a little bit more on track considering how good their two corners are. Yeah, I think that's the whole that that to me is is the discouraging part about this is that you go into this season and even in the preseason and you feel if you're the Falcons, you feel like you have one of the best cornerback duos in the league with Casey Hayward and AJ Terrell just for what they have done over the course of, you know, Casey's long career, AJ's relatively short career. But but you felt so good about those two guys going into this year and feeling like the secondary was the strongest part of this team on both sides of the ball. And then the first two games are, are a little bit lackluster. And, and you wonder, like, was all that preseason hype just uh, just hype and, and with no substance in it? It does, I think, freak you out initially. But I, I do think that there are still things that can be done. I do think that there it's still early in the season. We are only two games in, and I know that's something that I say to people who are freaking out over Kyle Pitts' lack of targets over the course of the first two games. I'm like, look, this is two games. There's still there's still so much more that we have in this season to look out for. And I don't think if we're talking about Casey Hayward and we're talking about AJ Terrell. I don't think what we've seen in them in the first two games is indicative of what we will see when the season ends. Like when we look back on their season as a whole in 2022, I don't think that it will look like these first two games. I think it will look more like what we've seen them be in years past. And I think, I don't know what it's going to take to get to that point. Maybe it's just settling in a little bit more into the defense because this is a defense that has a lot of new faces nine new starters on on that defense. So 
I don't know what has to happen, but I, I do think that I'm not ready to pull the ripcord just yet. Troy McElhaney from AtlantaFalcons.com joining us on the WaitFor.com hotline. So let's talk about Pitts for a second. This is the thing. I'm with you. I, I'm not concerned about the number of targets and things like that, okay? There, there's many factors. That's Smith, that's Pitts, that's Mariota, that's a little bit of everybody. But yep. this is where I'm concerned, though, Tori, is your red zone offense is not going to get better if Kyle Pitts is not involved in that. And, and that's where mm-hmm. the problem becomes is you have zero targets out of Kyle Pitts in the first two games in the red zone. That stat mm-hmm. is not going to get better as far as red zone efficiency and things like that until he gets involved in it. And, and that's the thing to me that is a little bit concerning is I, I love the fact that London caught his first touchdown, 12 targets, and I'm not even mad at the 10 targets for Pitts. It's the zero in the red zone. That's where I have my concerns because if that doesn't change, then all this other stuff is probably not going to change with it. Yeah, I, well, it's interesting because, I mean, I know you remember this, and I'm sure everybody listening also remembers this. When you're going through the pre-draft process of Kyle Pitts, every single evaluator analysis was about the threat that he was when you get inside the 20. Mm-hmm. And then you go through 2021, and he has – one touchdown, one. And then you go into the first two games of the 2022 season hoping that you see a stark difference in the red zone with Kyle Pitts' production, and then he's not thrown to at all. And that, I think you're absolutely We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Right, that that's the most discouraging part because you know the asset. We've seen the asset that Kyle Pitts can be in the red zone simply from what he did at Florida. And you want to be able to get your best playmaker the ball inside the red zone. Something else that I've been looking at a lot is, so of Kyle Pitt's 10 targets, eight of the 10 have been from a separation of one to three yards. Personally, I think Kyle Pitts is at his best when you have less than a yard of separation from the defender when you're throwing up a 50-50 ball and you're six six tight end can go up and get it because that's Kyle Pitts' game. The fact that I think there's like what you're saying, there's a lot of things going on. And when you shrink the field, you think you're going to get more of those 50-50 balls, those, those tight windows of what you're talking about. And so I think that goes back to a lot of different things. And I, I do wonder a lot over the course of the last two games, like how much is it of Marcus Mariota not wanting to throw into traffic and how much of it is Kyle getting the right angles on his routes? Like, all all of those things. And it, I think it just continues to become a not bigger issue. That's not the right word I'm looking for. But it becomes more noticeable when you do shrink the field down inside the 20. And, and so I'm, I'm on the same page as you. I think when, when you think about Kyle Pitts, you think about what, what an asset he could be in the red zone, especially when you have Drake London on the field with him. Uh, Tori, give me just a second to kind of put the context into this because, so I think that this Sunday, 
is becoming must win. And not because of what your record is or playoffs or whatever from, from that standpoint of it. But I do think, though, that given the way the first couple of games have gone and you're talking about one more game on the road, but then it's coming home to play a Cleveland team that, let's face it, even without Deshaun Watson, you're going to be an underdog. They're a very talented team, one of the best running attacks, maybe the best running back duo in the in the NFL, certainly as good a pass rush duo. I know Colony's out this week, but he's going to be probably back next week with the ankle. But you come home and you're 0-3. I think you have a hard time at that point trying to just send the message to your fan base of just rally the troops and things like that. I think this Sunday, a winnable game. Seattle's not been any great shakes, especially offensively. I think if nothing else, to keep your fan base rallied, to kind of get some goodwill amongst your players, this Sunday kind of becomes a must-win for those reasons. Yeah, no, I I am on the exact same page. I definitely think so as well. I mean, you think about it, too. The Falcons have not put together a complete game yet, if we're being honest. I mean, that we've seen them play three good quarters against the Saints, and we've seen them play a quarter and a half against the Rams. We have not seen a four-quarter game in which this Falcons team has looked the part from top to bottom and not made mistakes in the red zone or made costly turnovers, those type of things. That, that that narrative needs to change. I know Arthur Smith uses that word all the time, but I mean, it, you have when you look at this team, it's like you have to say that you, you you can't overlook that that they have not put together four quarters. And I think you know I was talking to Lorenzo Carter earlier this week when we first got to Seattle, and I asked him about the way that he looked at this defense, and he said, and I thought this was a really good quote. He was like, "We've seen flashes of the unit that we can be." And, and I asked some other offensive guys that question, too. Like, have you seen flashes of who you can be? And they're like, yes. And it's like everybody's saying the same thing. We've seen flashes, but we have not consistently played with the lights on for four quarters. I mean, if they can go and do that against Seattle, I think they have a really good chance not only to, one, win that game, but to leave Seattle feeling that they are in a much better position. And Because I, I do think that this 0-2 start, does feel different than last season's 0-2 start. But this year, they've been in games. They've fought back, and, and they it, you're talking about a separation of points like less than five. And so for that reason, I feel like you do feel a little bit different right now than you did at this time last year, but you've got to go and get that first win. You just do. It's our weekly Wednesday conversation with Tori McElhaney from AtlantaFalcons.com, and she joins us on the WaitFor.com hotline. I know you and I talked about Tyler Algier. It was good to see him get some action. That's about right where I thought he'd be is around 8 to 10 carries. Look, I know it's not eye-popping stats and things like that, but had a nice, you know, couple of runs, nine-yard run. That was his long run. You know, for a guy just getting his feet wet in the NFL, I really think, and I'm excited, I think we're both excited about the idea of let's see him develop a bigger role. Let's see him be a bigger part of this offense. Because, again, we talk about red zone. This is a guy who can run it between the tackles, and he scored a crap ton of touchdowns in college. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I think we probably, if the score is closer against the Rams and the Falcons are not having to, you know, work back into the game and, and go pretty quickly, 
I think you probably do see more of Tyler Algier. You know, they had to go away from the run in the second half in order just to, gosh, get back in the game. So I am really excited to see what a full game of a balanced offense looks like for, you know, for Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson to get more involved and to, and to see that because I do think that Tyler Algier did some good things in pass protection on Sunday that, you know, maybe added some trust back into what he does. Not saying that the coaching staff lost trust. That's not what I'm saying. But when you have a running back that can go out there and, you know, put a lick on Aaron Donald and in his rookie year, you know, that's going to, that's going to go a long way. I think in terms of putting him out there and seeing him out there, because you have coaches who trust that he can go out and perform in those situations that he's not necessarily the focal point of. So I, I too am really excited about seeing potentially more of Tyler Algier come this Sunday in Seattle. Last thing for you, Tori, I tweeted this out the other day that, you know, for whatever reason, I, I'm really starting to enjoy Kaderil Hodge and and the contributions yeah. that he's making this year. And uh, look, I, I don't know what he is, what he isn't, what he can be, whatever like that. But I'll give him credit. You know, there's an old saying in wrestling that says maximize your minutes. He's doing that. When he gets his opportunity, he's making some plays. And it just seems like, you know, when they throw it to him, he finds a way to catch it. Yeah. I mean, that's it's funny because I think it's it's so simple. Like when the ball is thrown your way, if you catch it and your quarterback trusts you to to do your part of it, I mean that that's all you can really ask for. And something I will say about Kadero Hodge is he came in this off season and I thought he had a really really good training camp. And I thought it was one of the training camps of somebody who kind of flew under the radar because. It, it did feel like from the beginning of training camp, he really set himself apart. I mean, you didn't know if Kaderil Hodge was going to be the guy to even make the 53-man roster in that first week of training camp. And then after a couple of weeks, you're sitting there like, no, this this guy's a shoe-in. And, and you feel confident about having him on the 53-man roster. I mean, I think what we've seen from him since, honestly, the first couple of weeks of training camp have been pretty impressive, especially at this point in his career where he's still trying – to make a name for himself in this league. And so I think he's someone to continue to watch, and you hope that he can continue to kind of take some pressure off of Drake London, off of Kyle Pitts, and, and having him do what he needs to do. It's like, you know, he's not going to have 10 targets in a game, but if he has three and he has two really good catches for 15 yards, heck, that's that's all you can ask for. On Twitter, at Tori underscore McElhaney, AtlantaFalcons.com is where you can check out all of her work, and she joins us every Wednesday here on the WaitFor.com hotline. Enjoy Seattle, Tori. Uh, let's get a victory this week so we can get back here and uh, be on a winning track, and we will talk again next Wednesday. Awesome. That sounds good. Hopefully I'll, I'll make it back not in a caffeine coma. <laughs> <laughs> we get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.